last drifted alarmingly in the bedding was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Welcome to the Boss Jewers Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and to chew the fat, the original pair of bar stewards, John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook. What a week we've had, John. An action-packed show we've got today. And anything you'd sort of like to uh, start us off on? Shall, shall we have a look at uh, your this week and what we did and how we did it? And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Still at a loss to explain how we did it, to be honest. But <laughs> Wednesday started off with a picnic, and then it went from uh, yeah. So Wednesday was picnic day. Um, Monday. Yeah, and five times course when a copper night kicked us off, we were kicking the nuts. Um, then we had the Aiken with the big kilt, uh, twenty-five to one perk. Uh, you know, we, we were floored by that. Yeah. I mean, I can remember me and you, me and you, John. We were like watching screen in, in like disgust, as if to say, "What? What? You know, what's happened?" Um, we both looked like Dubawi legend, I think, in that quite a bit. Then uh, John, I've never seen John move out of the chair faster in the three o'clock in the voltage when your beer comes slamming through. You got all you got all the uh, rice and peas and the finger clicking in the final furlough when your beer were hitting the front, as uh, John was delighted at that result. John, yes. enjoy that. Well, that paid for earlier problems with your Bowie legend anyway, and <laughs> so co- covered a horrendous result later on. <laughs> and uh, I, well, it was Black Wednesday for me. I did my conquest, but Wednesday, Wednesday was the worst day of the week, and Mishrif. And the thing is, I went against my own advice because I'd put on my notes on the morning. You know, Mishrif Price has been hammered in the international into 13 to 8. They've took the juice out of it. It's gone off 9 to 4. And, I, and Ian Davis has, like, swooned me with his with his Mohafeth all week. And, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, he, he's, he's taking that off awesome end of his career. It's, it's going to, you know, Missus is going to have to sit in garden while that sits in the living room. I don't know about that now, like, because uh, 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 I think it... She had itself to be a sappy little bitch at the end of that race. Yeah, we were disappointed. Another hundred yards, yeah, we were last, weren't we? Yeah, so I, th- I think it just it looked like a, a future uh, Skybet Stakes Group Two horse um, at the at the May meeting. Um, you know that that kind of horse. Um, just just uh, or is it the June meeting? I'm not sure if it's John Smith meeting, the one that Chris ran sap to Paddy. In. You know which one I mean. Yeah, if you're gonna do out with that, I think once it's knackered off the rims. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I went against my own advice and felt and felt for Ian Davis's Ian Davis's spiel. Got blame someone, aren't you? Everyone blames someone. Um, so yeah, Mishriff obviously won impressively on ground faster than we thought would probably be there on 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 the day. Then we went on to the two mile sky bit handicap where. Um, Arcadian Sunrise, one for the Dirty Irish and Dirty Spencer, um, at eleven to four. Uh, what did you back in that? Uh, the winner in the second. You did, yes. 
Look at that. Bingo, bongo. Leng with the forecast. Um, and the day, you see, John John improved throughout the day. Real sticky start. And then um, then in the fourth... Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to say he got better for a bit anyway. Um, the the 4.45 was won by Tweet Tweet, Declan Carroll. Uh, I was sick because I was I got mid-winster for the crown jewels. And Norban, second and third Dutch. We always love a Dutch that's second and third, don't we, John? Oh, beautiful. I, I just back Norban. Yeah, and I think I think Norban's want to take from that race because because as, you know, I, I just think the way the race was run, he just he found himself in impossible positions and then yeah, had to switch and move right. about. Yeah, um, so I, I, I like Norban in that. For few, I, th- I think he's he's going to pop up at some point this season, um, and then the finale. Which brings us to a question from obviously one of our members. Uh, one of our members, we've got a subscription service going now. Members, uh, it's well, he's, he's called the Golf Club 19. That's the 2019 on Twitter. That's what's thrown me. And he says, Thoughts on some of the rides this week? And one of them was Papa Cocktail and Jacob Mitchell, John. Yeah, I mean, round about the three furlong, Paul, I could feel me soul looking for a rope to hang itself with. Um, you never go right there when you're drawn 17. You, you know, you're limiting your options in a field that size, but for some reason, Jack took his brains out. And uh, I'm absolutely convinced we should have been right in among it there. I mean, going down to the three pole, he wasn't off the bit. He was cantering anyway. Um, you know, I I think I've dug a good bet out in that got paid, simple as that. Yeah, I mean, as it proved all week, um, I mean, Will Hur goes on about, uh, he, he's put a question and he says, why is there a track bias this week? I think in general, um, York on the straight course has always offered a track bias. You don't want the far rail and you don't want the sands rail as a rule. Um, until obviously the you get weird ground and the heavens open and they migrate to the stands rail. But as a rule, um, on on the first day, um, you wouldn't want to be coming down the stands rail wide on the flank. And Jack Mitchell never moved and decided I'm going to come that way. I mean, high draw. I mean, flaming rib, one from stall twelve. It's you know a wonderful world with six from stall sixteen. Well, so I'm, it was possible. I, 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 my reading of the race, I thought it just track bosh. You know? Yeah. And, uh, well, you didn't, did he? So, yeah, we go. I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like you say, very frustrating for us that because you, you'd swear me and, and it, it kind of soured the day and then we had to um, make our way home to some sour-tasting drink. Um, <laughs> so we move on to the Thursday. Um, and then we, we started the day suited and booted polished and you know brushed up you know we'd, we'd done everything we'd we'd sort of the sideburns out everything um and we ended up on the roof terrace and uh, drink uh, sipping champagne um our good friend andy Rich- richmond came to join us a bit later in the day and we started the day off with the louder won by zane claudette and did you bite that Yes, I managed to eat a few quid out there just because I, I, I wasn't entirely convinced the favourite was value and I thought that had done quite well at Ascot. 
yeah. the Princess Margaret. Yeah. It wasn't in the state of election. It put a couple of quid in the till anyway. Cool. Then Ever Given won the Yearlings race, and obviously I was on the fifth horse, and I was jumping up and down because my commission agent had managed to get me on five places. So I didn't do it in a Mojo Maker, so that saved the day. What did you do there, John? Were you Mojo Maker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then came the came, we were just getting we were just getting into a few bottles by then. You know, the bottles were flowing. Um, you know, I think I think your soul had left the building. Um and by and by that time, um it was left a thick Dave to bring home the beef with Cruyff Turner. I mean, if this if there was a weak turner and, and I mean that it's in the name Cruyff Turn, this turned the week for me because I, I was staring down a barrel. At, I'm thinking, if this carries on, the rate I'm hemorrhaging money, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sort, sort of, you know, on the borrow. Um, and Cruyff turned from Thick Dave. It was, it, and do you know what? I, there was a tree blocking our view to the video screen, and I, and I got up, you know, through the swathes of the crowd, and I only managed to see the last two two furlongs. And I, I was still trying to spot Thick Dave, and he was like, I thought, wait, he's headed, he's beat. He's beat. Well, he, and he, lift- he got beat twice in this race. I mean, he was edgy to post. He was sweating like a sweaty thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that I pretty much lost a lot of confidence by then, to be honest. Then he jumped off in front, like, laid a massive threat. I thought, oh, you sick twat. And once he was headed, that was it. He, he was done with beat. And... Uh, Thick Dave did his own version of a Christ turn, nutmegged every bugger, including the fullback. And, uh, and the sardine in the club. Brought on the bacon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, old Dave does the sardine. Never mind uh, Martin Dwyer and his comments. Um, he shoved one straight up, slim and sardine. Um, as we move on to the Yorkshire Oaks, then Snowfall obliterated the field. The, well, obliterated the O'Brien pacemaker. Um, <laughs> we weren't that impressed, John, were we? She's run 100. Not to, I mean, what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. You said to me, you said, how is this 9-4 to four favourite for the arc? And oh, um, it's absolute madness. You'd have to take your brains out to back it, wouldn't you? I think so, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure Longchamp would be Adar's cup of tea, but, um, but we'll see. But I'm certain if you put them to Ascot, I'd back Adar in a match. Yeah, I mean, when I went round Epsom, fine. It won't have any problem with Longchamp. Good. I'm glad you give me confidence because the thing is, what people forgetting as well in the King George. I think we all we all said, including Fry. Fry was on the show and she said he did very well to win because of his keenness. You know, he was keen. You know, a fair a fair way around round 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 the course, and I, I think he did very well. You know, it, it, it'll help him in France because you want one that travels around there. You, you yeah, you, you want to jump in your hands, really. Yeah. And, and, I, I don't have a problem with that. If he's going straight to the arc, it'd be very dangerous, I think. Yeah, no, that's me and John uh, both both against Snowfall in the arc. We're not quite believing she's the next super filly like Enable was or anything like that. So that's our opinion there. The uh, nursery handicap next, Al, Fla- Al Flayla. 
of the Owen, Burin, Owen Burroughs yard. It was the eye catcher, stole 16, caught on the flank all the way, which was not the place to be, as we saw with Papa Cocktail, etc., and everything else on flanks uh, to, before the Saturday. So Al Flayler, for me, has to be the eye catcher of the week. Um, so third, John. Pound upgrade, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I, we both like the winner, Harrow. You backed Harrow. And um, I like Harrow physically as well. I think there's some development there. Um, so I wouldn't knock the winner in any shape or form. But, um, but yes, I would be very keen to support Al Flayler wherever it is next time um, from that nursery. Um, then we move on to the gal trees. And I was absolutely, I mean, I mean, this is not, it's not fair, is it? Because we, we sit there, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's the build-up, the adrenaline, more champagne. You know, by that time, that that scab of a woman sat down and nicked Andy's drink and, you know, you know, and we thought, what's the world coming to a disgraceful? And then next minute, um, uh, abstinence, head, head butts the, the train driver in the head and um, can't run. And then um, we looked at the finish. I think me and you both looked at the finish that day and thought, well, it probably would have won. It, it, this race, really, it was like picking a lass up in a cocktail bar. She's listening to all your bullshit and smiled while she's listening. <laughs> um, she's paid for the taxi back to yours. She's straight up the stairs, hasn't even bothered going in the living room. And then as you walk into the bedroom, she just kicks you squarely in the nuts and necks your wallet. <laughs> I wonder if that's happened to any of our listeners. <laughs> uh, again, I, I see. I, I love the, the way you describe things. I get mental images, and, and yeah, I've just, well, that, I've just. That's that was the golf chase, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. I've just, we've both lived it in pictures. Well, we're getting more and more confident, you know. I mean, there wasn't a bother on her when she left the paddock. She went down, of course, like an old sheep, and then all of a sudden, Casey Jones gets one right in the yap. <laughs> Casey Jones. Um, like there you go. Yeah, and then the last race was the uh, Phillies handicap, won by Sweet Enough. I, 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 it's a filly I've always liked. Back to the time before, never bothered in that race. Um, I, I think we over there then. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, your soul had left the building. It had gone, and all that was left was a shell. I think by that point, and. Um, all I was looking at was that Bob Ogden. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's Bob Ogden's night's going to be good? If if, he, I, if I, I, was, I was trying to find anybody with a spare ticket for his party, to be honest, because I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd have just gone and done, I'd have done the lot, I'd have been your name, it, whatever was going <laughs> I'd have been mainlining, snorting the lot. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's a Friday, so we yeah we we got through that, and then we decided we give we give Friday a miss uh, as an attending, um, and then it was the mile and a half handicap to set us off. Did you do anything there? But to your disgust, I think you might remember I mentioned about the winner in running. Oh, you uh, did, yeah. Sam Cook. Um, I felt a bit bad about it, to be honest, having punted my Frankel and uh, put it out as well. But you got to do what you got to do in running. If Absolutely, you think, yeah. Oh, he's there and going well. You have to have a little play. I didn't win a great deal on the race, but I did win. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a race basically. I've got no no massive view. I did have it on my Frankel. I thought it it had improved for the ground. It looks dead, if I'm honest. I, mean, so, I think. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's just. I mean, again, it's, summer stouts this year. I've been like that, and it, it ran a bit bit. Bit, bit distressing, really. Um, Strad in the Lonsdale. Uh, some people even called after this race. I watched Blogger's video of him lifting it. Um, and some people were calling for Strad's retirement after this, John. Yeah, I can't really understand that. I mean, he's, he's not going to make a silver star say it. I mean, if the owner's enjoying having him running in these races, why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, what's he going to do? Like you say, the, I mean, the thing is, I think Nielsen came out with something like that he, he was hoping for some flat mares, you know, uh, potent flat mares, but I don't think you're going to get that. You might you might get a few of the jumps boys um, knocking on the door for a while to see how we go, but I, I don't think as a he's stallion wrong, he's got... He's wrong, no, no. Well, anyway, I hate chestnut stallions. Yeah, chestnut, chestnut stallion, not, no, not, not, not right. the right cause... That no stats, but yeah. <laughs> racist bloodstock talk on the on the last year as we ate chestnuts. <laughs> this is a good job we don't eat bears and blacks, um, but we ate chestnuts. <laughs> well, the gingers aren't the end of the day. <laughs> exactly, gingers. Yeah, yeah. gingers really are the scourge of the world. I mean, you know, half of Germany were ginger back in back in World War Two. I mean, you saw the tank commanders. Yeah, we've got ginger. Um, you know, so that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Strad for me, I don't like you said. I I think he would. They're a bit idling there for me, though. Having said that, I watched the replay back. Frankie switched his whip three times in the last furlong. That it, that's pretty good by any jockey's standards. And to switch it three times, you know, left, right, then left. I think that's a bloody amazing ride, to be honest. So the blogger has a. The, the, the sardine to thank for that. Uh, we move on to the Jim Crack LaSalle one uh, from Giza Sub and Twilight Jet. Left me with a feeling, John, of a very below par Jim Crack. The, the only highlight out of the Jim Crack for me was the fact that uh, Mr. Cute had uh, ducked the Jim Crack where I was going to have a decent bet on his arse, the organiser. He took it to Salisbury for what I'm sure he thought was going to be a lap of honour. And went and bumped into one and got duffed. <laughs> got, got chinned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that was the only cheery point about the gym crack for me, really. And didn't reckon much to it at all. No. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's form going forward to to to, to follow. And then the Nunthorpe, obviously, um, happy Tim with winter power. I mean, I mean that was that was some performance um, from this filly. I mean, she seems happy at your like 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 a happy thing but you've got to say um i think if sueza is probably drawn a little bit lower um i think sueza goes quite close and she's a good ass isn't she i mean you wouldn't be out to in abbey would you no she's drawn well i, I mean i mean I've, I've seen prices seven to two which make me I, I, I was thinking it's not bad because you, you know if she, if she's drawn if she gets a good draw she's probably going to start what would you say six to four eleven or eight yeah, I would say 
From that price, I know you've glass slippers. Forget glass slippers. I mean, I mean, I mean, you can go straight there, which is in the Vernons first. Hmm. Vernons, wouldn't she? But six furlongs, and I think he said uh, she's definitely a fair furlong filly, didn't he? A five, yeah. Yeah, Swayzer, I think, is, is the one for the Abbey, uh, uh, out of all that. Um, in the Maiden, the Convivial. Were you impressed by the winner? I know some people had said to me after they're very impressed by the winner. I, I, was, you just, think? I was taking with the first two, actually. I thought they were on nice races. and It usually turns out to be an all right sort of race, doesn't it? I mean, I know Kevin Ryan usually runs three and there's no fucking use whatsoever. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I invariably track most of the runners that going the con reveal because with it being so expensive you know i think uh it, it, it's a race worth keeping an eye on and most most of the one, ones kevs are in that unusually for him we are maidens turn out to be bags of shade yeah. um, uh, so, so what do you think what, what do you think physically to the wins did you did you get a good look yeah i did i think it's quite a nice house i think it'll go on i think definitely like a three-year-old cool because um, I know this is a race you like to always keep a little little watch on, and so yeah. So the favourite, who you mal for the Andrew Balding Yard? Um, I managed to buy the fifteenth of sixteen um, with a kilt. But you, you learn from back in the kilt. Well, I, I don't learn to this day, but you know, back in the kilt is just a a route to the poorhouse. Um, but I did. And then we move on to the 440. No, we don't. It's the 33 to 1 shot flying ginger. Um, did you bike that as well? Of course not. Um, God, Aaron. Very good reason why not as well. Um, the trainer had absolutely no wish to have a winner at Yacht this week and he went and did it. Gobby Rod. So, yeah. at least and quiet when they brought it in. And then came the five ten at York, and I got him. I come in for more stick uh, on Twitter for Royal Fleet. Um, I, I sort of put up the defence at the time for Royal Fleet's defeating this as like a wide draw. Um, right. Um, I'm I'm gonna sort of say that maybe the hood didn't help the first time hood, and also. He did lug in a little bit. There is something he has obviously got a serious engine uh, that I've no doubt, and he'd probably still end up 110 plus. It's just the fact of him putting it together. Because what what one one uh, chap on Twitter said, he thought it was still disappointing. Kind of get you your reasoning there. Um, not many win from that draw, which is why I didn't back him, and um, that's why I put it on Twitter. But King try and run third for the. Uh, for the North Allerton Dunes trainer in Grant Chua, um with Haley on off 85, ran well. Um, John, what did you do? Did you do anything in that? Um, about King Triton, I, I, th- I thought that ran a really promising race, actually, because it, it ran to me in a manner that indicated it might have blown up about three out, and then it got its second wind and kept on again. Um, so I... Me, me gut feeling is Grant can get this a bit fitter. Um, so I certainly wouldn't give up on that house, but I hope they swap the jockeys for the next time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly think Grant will get that to go forward. So 
a good run there. Um, the Saturday started with the Trensel Stakes, a real world uh, pissed up really in the end at evens. Um, kind of sick I was. I mean, I, I, I did mention it the night before. I said we're, we're all on this if it's fast. There, there was that much doubt with the morning in rain because obviously me living in York, you see puddles and and everything else. Are you thinking? How's this going to ride? I just didn't know. I didn't, you know, I'll be honest. What do you do? It's first race of the day. If it had been second race of the day, I'd have probably gone weirding in with like satchels. Um, that's how I saw it. Did you see it that way? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously there was a massive part of me hoping that the rain would hit sooner. But I did feel on reflection on the day that if it had been set fair, I'd have probably had a better day anyway because. There was two there, I probably would have hammered had I known that the ground was going to be fine. And one of them was real world, of course. Yeah. That was where it was. Uh, the Melrose, uh, one of our favourite races of the year. I mean, expertly put up by uh, Richmond as one of his second choice, I think, to do. He, he was keen on Dushan. He got the fourth and he mentioned Valley Forge very keenly. And um, I shouted bastard uh, out at this race because. I'd back the second Mashawa. I'd, I'd, I'd covered on Dushan, a little bit on Tashkan, um, because, uh, you know, the hairy gorilla from from Norton, didn't want to see him win and, you know, we don't have anything on. So I've got the second, fourth and fifth. I'm, think, I'm thinking a furlong out with Mashawa, Dushan, cantering on the st- ready, ready to pounce, and then balding, does me. Yeah. Um, again, I'm uh... I must apologise for the after time here, but I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> you and Andy, you can get in the sea, really. Oh, no, 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 I mean, fair play. Just in running, but I, it, it was always travelling well. But I mean, I had plenty on Dushan. Um, I thought it was an absolute bet to nothing each way, um, and I had plenty on. Um, I also backed Surrey Gold, who I thought, felt the ground a, a wee bit and I would not be backing him on any any faster than good to soft at least in future but I, I do think he's definitely got a race in him I like the way he shaped really on ground that was probably against him a tad yeah good call John uh, top call Bickley 14 there uh, Space Blues did what was expected of it um, thought the price was a bit bit skinny but kind of did what it said on the tin didn't it yeah, they didn't want to lay that, did they? You know, I mean, yeah. Block was far timer and far trebles was going in, wasn't it? <laughs> Circle jerk was was on fire for, for that yeah. night after that race. Um, <laughs> three three thirty five was the Ebor, um, Sunny Boy Liston winning for the Irish. Yawn. Um, you know, I mean, what is it with these Irish? I mean, I mean, the reason why I say this, right? I mean, forget the winner, forget the result, and we'll come on to you know what we're going to come on to in a minute regarding your your bet. But I've I've looked at some of these Irish profiles, you know. I mean, Shanro, Carl Thornton's that were fourth, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at the. I've gone back through its form. You know, it's it's a nice horse. It's a it's it's, it's obviously a, a good bumper horse, really good bumper horse back in the day. Um, but again. It's now in the hundreds, and these horses are able to compete with the top flat guys. 
And I, I just, there's half of me thinking, what what do they, you know, we've said it before, you know, nuts and air. I mean, these things just seem to keep finding and finding all the time. It, it's it, They're making a mockery of, of, of I think, our festivals and our, and our big staying handicaps. They can't beat us when it comes to speed because the, the Irish haven't got the... Um, you know, it's like cool. You know, the speed they haven't got the speed. They, they've they've got the staying power, but they haven't they haven't got the they can't win the the group one sprint. They, they can they can win the they can win the big staying handicaps and the it's just I don't know. There's something I don't know. Don't don't sit well. With me. Hell of an effort with Shanro, isn't it? Really, because I mean it's it's only twenty pound behind the market. Had over hurdles in April. It's, it's just how I see it. I, I just think so, sometimes, look, we know the Irish are very good at planning, like to target. I don't take that way, that away from them. They, they're more than happy to, like old school, they're more than happy to have two or three coconuts, a couple of preps. You know, we do it can do it a little bit different. We like to win win an handicap and, and look on the up. I, I just think sometimes these Irish lads, they just, I don't know, there's something, I, he, don't, he does, doesn't quite add up with me. Um, I mean, Sonny Boy, you're listening again, more than entitled to to be at this level. Won a listed race, um, you know, uh, add the spin up behind Hookham. Um, but Roberto Escobar beat him that day. You were just behind him, also having a spin up. Um, and that's what I'll come on to. Max Vega. We, I mean, you 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 were ready to, you were ready to like chuck somebody at road. I think after that. I was. I mean, it was. Beyond frustrating, really. I mean, as, as you know from the previous York run, I've been mad keen on this for either. And uh, at the time, I was thinking, oh, Jesus, what is happening to me here? I mean, he nearly got knocked over three out. Um, well, I think he's run a storming race to finish where he has. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really know what Peter Crouch could have done to avoid what happened because I wanted him held up. He held him up. His position was akin to what he was lumbered with in the draw. I think he was one off the rail turning in. Um, So he was always going to struggle to get to the near side. The near side, as far as I could tell, was where he wanted to be because that rain had got in a bit side where the ground had opened up. Yeah. So I can't blame him for having a look and seeing what he could do. The, you know, so I, while I was desperately disappointed that uh, I wasn't right in the shake, which I think I should have been, um, I don't really blame Peter. I've thought about it. I don't know what he could have done differently, really. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I was frustrated for you because I, I obviously I, I didn't watch it. And do you know? Do you know what's funny, right? I made after your reasoning, I made it my biggest winner in the race, and I wasn't watching it. <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit because I'd also got Sunny Boy listed, so I, I tended to you like like most punters, you're just tending to you're focusing on your eye what's like flying. Yeah. Um, and then you, and then you stop watching everything else. So then you you go straight on to me after the race, and you were like you were like berserk. You were like no, oh, this this is unbelievable. Just watch this back. So I did. I rewound it, and 
I, I just, I just, I just can't believe what I saw. I, I, I think, like you said, I don't think it was uh, the jockey's fault. It was just really, really unlucky. And I think, I, I honestly felt that had that horse had the clean run to the line, you would be literally with the first and second. Like, like we can't say it would have won, but it literally, it would have all bar won. It ain't all won, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I did feel for you, I, you know. And I said it, 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 it was also my um, my uh, biggest winner because I would look at the prices on the off, and I thought this is still not bad at around twenty nine thirty on the machine. So, and I, I believe, I, you know, I looked at your reasons, and yeah. So, a great call, John. I do think we, you know, got a bit of stick this morning from Frankie on the blower. He's, he's every right to, you know, so we've only got one from nine this week. Two didn't run, though. Hamish and abstinence. And I do feel that, um, I do feel we've, I, I don't, I, we haven't made a profit in terms of P&L, but I, I, I don't, I don't think we've done badly in terms of, you know, the pod on Friday, the the, the reasons we gave, just, just how it is sometimes. Yeah, like, I did, I mean, Stall sixteen for Royal Fleet didn't didn't envisage that. You didn't envisage the ride on Papa Cocktail that you got. Um, it just it, it, it's tough. Racing is tough. Big festivals. We have to deal with it. I, you I, know. Think, I think we dug some fair bets out. To be honest, I mean, it's funny. I was I was saying to you when we were, we were going in on uh, Wednesday, didn't I? I said, you know, this season really we haven't really had a massive slice of luck in running with anything. No, uh, I, I honestly thought we would do a bit, but apparently not. <laughs> no, like I said, we've we've had some great, great, great performances this summer. Um, you know, great Shergar Cup. We've done some great um, bar steward specials. So Frankie on the blower, listen, we'll be back. Don't you worry about that. Um, going on to another question, Mike Martin says uh, from YouTube. Uh, thanks for your comments, Mike Martin. Glad to see you enjoy the show. Um, he says, what do we think to the stick readings on turf tracks, like Clarks of the Course, what would you go on? So, obviously, Mike's probably learning about the game and the, the ground and sort of what to expect. Um, any advice for him, John? Well, I think if you're concerned about going and it not being as advertised, the best thing you can do is keep your own records on stick readings and have your own interpretation of what they mean, you know. It's all right to stick reading at 6.5 and then the clerk tells you it's good to firm. You want that backed up with the afternoon's racing by horses not in standard at least. And if they don't, make sure you are recording it that the the actual coin is different to the, uh, the uh, recorded coin. You know, otherwise you're going to be out, out the cock when you're doing your farm study. Yep, good advice. I mean, I mean, obviously, like turf tracks is a reference of mine. Turf, the turf tracks uh, stick going archive, Mike. If you look at that, you can look at goings of the past where Nick Davis has also told us about goings of yesteryear, ten years ago. Ascot were going, uh, sorry, we're calling going in the nines as good to firm. Now they'll, they'll call going as good to firm as seven point eight and eight. So you can see where we're at here. We can see how the game's moved on. And it's always good to do plenty of research on that. Like John says, try and back it up with the times on what the clerk said, said on the morning. 
and you know just do your own own homework on that and then you'll get an edge on the crowd good advice john um Question Ian Davis, who's obviously on the floor from Mahafa, um, on the floor this week, Ian is. Um, but he says, was York different class to Epsom, Royal Ascot and Goodwood this year? And did leaving the taps alone contribute to that? And second question, was it really the ground good or is Hamish fragile and simply went wrong on the day? But they wouldn't admit it as they want to either keep him for another race or perhaps sell him, John. Wow. Um, I don't think so, would be the answer to the Hamish question. Um, Harris did say in the paper that morning he wouldn't risk him on good. Um, I tend to take that at face value, you know, I mean, we weren't there. We didn't know if he was there with his open to the waist walking the track. (laughs) Um, So... We, we don't know for sure, but my gut feeling would be that he was genuine in what he said and did, and I would expect him to have a, a target lined up for Hamish fairly quickly because the horse is obviously going to be at its peak. You know, I mean, he's well familiar with the racing calendar. He's not adverse to travelling his horses. He's probably got something in mind over in uh, France or somewhere, maybe he's even Germany, you know. Yeah, no, fair comment. Um, also, uh, regarding Ian's first point, um, I mean, just just basically an observation what I've seen from Twitter over the last two days, uh, racing Twitter, is that um, that we're we're the old men of the sport now, and the the, the way that the race the, the way it's not to be marketed, bloggers the future of marketing attracts the younger people to the to the races. Um, are we done for, John? Probably. Um, I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, and not always for the better. Um, I mean, the, the last 10 years, really, uh, I've sort of felt the game drifting away from me a bit, you know, um, how it's presented, um, even like in the trade paper and things like that, you know. I mean, able to like read and gallop reports and things, even if it was only to see how much they contradicted what I'd seen with my own eyes. But, you know, I mean, you, you don't seem to get that level of detail even now. Um, yeah, you know, and as I say, the, the way it's presented is in a manner that they assume everybody's in that social stable and going to duff nine pounds during the afternoon. Do you think? I mean, obviously, from what we we saw at York, I mean, it was it was, it was a good atmosphere. Can't can't deny that. But I think I think the sad thing and the way way things has changed, obviously, from when we were younger, um, is I think you know people like sat there looking at the race cards, look you know, or or, or the the racing post or the time form race card or the notes they've brought from home. Um, and you've literally got none of that. You've got men and women sat round tables, giggling, laughing away, drinking away, um, and you know they might have a two pound tote bet or whatever they do. And it's, I think, I thought that was quite sad to see that we're not really encouraging, or the sport isn't not really encouraging, um, you know, 
more about racing, how it works, how to bet, how to spot value. Like you said, look at the horse in the paddock. Um, none of this. It's all about, you know, get your bottle of champagne here. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what I, I don't know is about things like this. I mean, I, I, I've got clear memories of like 79 when Troy won the, what was the Benson and Edges and things like that, you know. And while the crowd numbers, you know, I mean, they would compare favourably. I mean, York's altered a lot since then and can take more people, but as regards it being packed, it was bloody packed then, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just less places to actually move about and do your thing, if you like. Um, but uh, then you had this hardcore of regular race goes, and the only way they dressed up for the Eber meeting was the fact they wore their least damaged suit. <laughs> you know? um, last week, we must have seen a thousand where, where we were, brand spanking new suits from brand, whatever catalogue they'd ordered them out, although they were probably sending them back after they'd been at the races. Um, yeah, you know, and it was more like a fashion parade, whereas people made the effort years ago, but not to the extent where they all looked like they were going to a wedding, you know. And it's the social angle has overtaken the fact you're going to see some bloody good racing. And I don't really know if they're going to get that back at all. I don't think they will, really. No, no chance. I, I think, I mean, the ship sailed. Um, I was briefly there Saturday for a bit. And the, I mean, like you said, you, you make a good point. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not downing this. I'm just saying that the amount of overdressed ladies or underdressed ladies, if you like, um, you know, overdressed, like say, it's like, it's like a social gathering, but they're not really there for the horses. No. It, it, it's more or less of like a because how many open air gatherings do you get in in society these days in the daytime where this is an official gathering you pay your money you've got you've got table and chairs you get champagne bar it, it is a good atmosphere when it's sweet I do I do concede that um, but it's not about the sport is it no no not at all you know I mean. John Smith, the former manager and clerk of the course. I mean, half of them wouldn't have let in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, as I say, there was this hardcore of regular race goes who you you saw every year at the Ava meeting, you saw them every year at the Dante meeting, uh, Magnet Cup, all the lot. And, you know, I mean... They weren't picking them out the race card on the day. They'd already done the work. They had the paper with them with the notes on. And, you know, I mean, they're just getting less and less and less. So that brings me on to uh, Paul Brighton's comments to finish this off. And and he says, just, obs- just an observation, guys. He said, I've been to Cheltenham Festival 25 times. Royal Ascot once. Mm-hmm. And now Ebor Day once. So this was his first time at York. Um, and he says, perfect BHA crowd. No, no racing knowledge at all. Uh, but gambled a little bit and drank loads. Um, he said, I like a drink, but I don't like it. I, I, but I don't drink until I fall over. Um, and he said, so much flesh on show too. 
So he's a little bit different to the Fez pull. Um, obviously, Catherine Fry would be firmly in your camp. Um, she's a, 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 a Fez lover and, like, like many down, very knowledgeable people down there and that, that follow the sport. And absolutely, I, you know, I concur that the York Ebor now is not really about uh, going to see uh, the Splendid Horses uh, on offer. Um, I do feel if you if you come into the Ebo meeting, um, the best day to go if you're a knowledgeable race goer, I think John will agree with this, is the first day. John, do you agree with that? Absolutely no question. Because that's the day that everyone wants to see the, the top mile and a quarter horses in the international. And um, and and that's the most, I, I think, the best day. If you're coming racing to your only one day you can choose, the first day is the best day. You'll you'll get a better crowd. You'll get less of what you obviously saw, and um, yeah. But I, point taken, Paul. We we agree. We are uh, probably dying out. I'm afraid. Nothing we can do about that. Anyways, on to some different subjects of the week. Uh, I noticed. Um, I think of interest for us all, really. Um, first one was the Tur- World Pool, John. So Turt have been doing a World Pool for York this week. Um, they've advertised it as a massive success of the turf. They said 22 to 23 million pound a day in the world pools. Hmm. We've got one question from a from a, a, a listener, and he says 22 percent take out there. Where's that going, John? Well, it won't be going into prize money. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yeah. You know, I mean. I mean, Baldy owns the cart, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Still, I mean, I mean, as I said we've talked about this on, on on many a sermon, and we've said racing to rate for racing, not to get the tour, has to be one of the biggest own goals I think I've ever seen in any sport. Because if racing then has the tour, it literally has the funding. When prize money's in trouble and the levy's in trouble, it has the prize money to then take control uh, when things get a little bit desperate. And as we know, it's getting desperate because we're losing a lot of 80 to 90 rated horses to King Kong and elsewhere. That's why we can't, that's why the racing calendar are all in up in arms. Why are we getting so many four and five from our races? It's not that it's too much racing. There's the same amount of meetings as there were last year. The problem is, the fact is the, it, you can fill 0 to 60s all day long. I've seen it on the BHA deck site. Every morning, a 0 to 60, you could have four divisions. It's it's literally inundated. But you try and fill uh, a naught to ninety five or a naught to ninety handicap, you know, you'll you'll have five runners because they're all gone. They've all been sold. They're gone. As soon as as soon as they're worth any money, King Kong comes in or, or someone comes in, and it's too tempting for an owner that knows they not they can win a bag of bag of nuts, uh, uh, winning a naught to ninety at Ripon. Entirely, it's just. Right of a catalogue of errors that racing has made, you know, I mean, alongside not having its own exchange. Yeah, yeah, catastrophic error, and we don't we don't know where that money's going, John Dewey. But we move on. Um, listen to also a Carm Berry and Richard Haywood interview this morning. Uh, Richard Haywood from is a, is a sporting director at Betfair UK and Ireland, um, and. Carl Berry did very well getting him on, asked some pertinent questions. Um, I was a bit disconcerted with his with his answers because 
he reckons that these affordability checks are a legal uh, standpoint. They are not. They are not legal, right? So, so basically, it's not the law to basically make an affordability check mm-hmm. on someone's account. Now, uh, a friend of mine came to York the other day. His account, right? I'll tell you the circumstances. This is how ridiculous it is. He's, he's a casual punter, loves the festivals, goes to festivals, he's a proper race-goer, not one of these alfresco merchants. Um, and he um, he put £200 in his bet 365, right? No, that, for the York week, that was his budget. And that's a higher deposit than he'd normally make. But he, it was for the for the week, that was his budget. Logs in on the morning for York, you've, you've been, uh, no, account suspended, affordability checks. I mean, and meanwhile, we used to call time form Sleepy Hollow, but I mean, the BHA surely now have got the accolade of Sleepy Hollow because this is going on and going on. And you mentioned today, John, you you had a dreaded Betfair email today. Yes, we want to talk about your betting. So obviously, in uh, in true gentlemanly fashion, in order to respond, I deleted the email. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm clearly a marked man, and I'll be getting further involvement. I don't doubt. Yeah, it's it literally is now a, a real poor state of play uh, for punters that are, I would say, unprotected. The gambling commission, and this these are the horrific facts. The, there's some and bearing bear bearing in mind, John, the gambling commission is a government quango to try and sort gambling out. Right uh, or problem gambling out. Here's, here's some stats for you. Um, so the Gambling Commission's annual report for 2021, they have made a 19 million pounds loss. The staff costs are 21 million pounds. The CEO is paid 220 thousand. All directors are paid 140 thousand plus. They've got a total of 355 staff. Paying, so paying 21 million the average wage at the gambling commission bearing in mind what do they do 59,154 a year when the 26,000 is the average UK wage John what the hell is going off in this industry well you know what wouldn't come to a thousand pound last month go on the amount any of them fuckers bet on anything yeah yeah that's the bald facts of it. You know, I mean, we're in the hands of people that just probably don't even like betting. You know, I mean, I'm counting the days until Dad or Harding gets a seat. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be some, it'll be some related. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it really is a disgrace. It's in the post for there, isn't it? You know, I mean, the, the letters being drafted, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she didn't waste enough on testing trace, so. Let's see if we can get her somewhere else where uh, she can shift a bit of money into the pockets of the people that don't need it. And listeners, if you haven't had the um, dreaded um, gambling uh, restrictions email or, or the, the the affordability checks, uh, it might be coming to somewhere near you at some point. Um, lots of people I know that's had it, winners have had it, long-term winners have had it, I've had it. Myself, I was I was I was out of the game for three and a half weeks this year due to it, uh, having to prove funds and income um, that I shouldn't have to do. 
Um, you know, it, it's, it re- literally is very scary. We're in scary times as betors, and this, this I think, sums it up. We, we, John sums it up. The people on these boards would would not know betting if it fell over them, and and that's it. No idea whatsoever. They are they are getting paid lots and lots of money basically to mess this game up, but look good and score points by saying yes. A few a few have chucked themselves off bridges because they've done the brains in on uh, on slot machines on online, and everyone's got to pay the price for that. It's a disgrace and it needs to stop. But will it? Probably not. Like John says regarding the uh, direction race courses race courses are taking um, regarding blogger stallion and the kind of clientele they want to attract. Uh, final question, uh, serious question anyway, uh, comes from Michael Toms. Uh, MV Magnier buying loads of shite, John, according to Michael Toms. He, he says, what's what's going to happen here with Coolmore, etc.? He, he believes um, uh, things aren't quite going uh, Coolmore's way, obviously, with the demise of Galileo, etc. Um, I've noticed a lot of big purchases from Coolmore in the last 18 months, especially. They've been purchasing big. And um, uh, Richard Walsh, who is a breeder, uh, who, who, follow, who listens to the show, he, he's, he's messaging. He said, it's a mixture of everything, really. Uh, the reduced influence of long-term employees that were there um, involved in the stallion producer making aspects of racing now gone. Um, and now they have, you know, their own their own people employed. Um, wouldn't know a good horse if they stood on its droppings in a stable, said Richard Walsh. I think... Coolmore have had a bloody good run the last 10 to 15 years, definitely. Um, and maybe the man at the top, John Magnus, hasn't had his hand on the tiller so much recently. I mean, if you cast your mind back to when, when all this started, there was a hardcore of enchanted leprechauns who were doing the selecting uh you had the Merlin of Tipperary, Vincent O'Brien, who, in my opinion, would be the finest judge of Yelling that's ever walked the earth. Yeah. Backed up by the likes of Tom Cooper, the vets, um, Punches Down Pat, Pepe Hogan, um, all people that knew exactly what they were doing. Even the likes of Billy McDonald, who was selling jets and interceptors in his spare time rather than doing anything <laughs> work. Yeah, you know, he, he found time to buy alleged for Robert Sangster. Um, and you can't buy that kind of experience. And I think if you carry on your success to a certain extent, it, it, it'll still go for so long because you're getting broodmares and the like from stallions that they selected and these immaculate bloodlines and faultless horses, faultless confirmation and hard runners that stand the training, you know. And to keep that going indefinitely is something else, you know. Yeah. And, you know, at... I don't tend to think they've had a bloody good time of it, a bloody good run. And it wouldn't surprise me if they made a few iffy purchases because that ought to be the way of things now. You know, I mean, if you could just carry on doing the same thing as you were doing when you had five geniuses going to Caneland, what does that make the geniuses? 
Absolutely. No, top points. I mean, I mean, the thing for me, like you said, every beginning has an end. And the, the, you've said it before about Magnier before. When and you said, you know, they are they are very shrewd cookies. You know, not just face of the game. You know, I mean, he was kicking himself for not bidding for Nijinsky when Nijinsky syndicated to go back to Winfield. You know, that's how far ahead of the game he was. I mean, there was still a good five to six years, and all the bloodstock, the the champions, there wasn't a chance of them going anywhere. Really, I mean. I know Mill Reef went to the national stud, but I mean, Paul Mellon was different gravy. I mean, he, he'd do anything for the good of the game, you, you know. But people that were looking at the commercial angle, everything just went to America, you know. And I mean, we had a spell, we couldn't win anything. I mean, the Frogs were winning all our classics, you know. And that was true, yeah, 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 yeah. Cricket and yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was when. Uh, the set up the original Colmar syndicate, you know, in order to create stallions. And the, in the early days, they still had a hell of a job. I mean, the minstrel was sent back, alleged was sent back, you know, because they couldn't resist the power of the dollar, the, the bids they were getting. I mean, Christ Almighty, they got about $28 million for Stormbird, you know. Yeah. I mean, and you, you couldn't make that back the way the breeding industry was in this country at the time because. You were looking at 40 covers a season. So the, the share price, in order to get that kind of money, you know, you look at a three-year earn out on a stallion and then you're on the gravy train after that, but you get your money back over the first three years. So, I mean, 40 coverings on a $29 million stallion, people weren't, weren't up for it over here, you know, so you, you could understand that. Yeah. No, fantastic, John. Fantastic, fantastic insight. Right, um, we're nearly end of the show. We've overrun our time, but it's been. A, I did say it was a, a action-packed show. Um, and one final question from John Hines, which is a funny one, and he said, "You've rushed for the train back from Ascot. You've pushed women and kids out of the way for the last seat. You sigh with relief and look up. Opposite is your worst nightmare." For the four-hour journey back up north, who is it, John? It's Gobby Flaming Rodge, and he's won the Young <laughs> and the Wolfreton, and he's had an actual double. I'm chucking myself under the train, and man, on it. <laughs> I had this vision of you, are you sort of like, you know, like Gobby Rodge sat there as you get there, and straight away, these are my mental. You create these; it's not me; it's you. Right, so I'm th- I'm looking I'm, I'm watching you and I'm thinking, fucking me, he's off, he's off. So you know you're out of carriage, you're on roof, you know, and it's like it's like the old octopusy bomb film with Turban Man chasing you on roof, and you you just anything to get away. It's like I, I I'll do this, I'll I'll duck under tunnels until, until we get to station. I, I can just see that. Um, yeah, I know you very well, so I can just see that if Gobby Rodge sits opposite. Um, classic show tonight. I hope we've covered a lot of the topics. It's been a very, very busy one, obviously. We hope you enjoyed the um, the York Fair this week. Uh, we'll be back on Friday, uh, myself and John and another selected uh, to go through the weekend's racing. Um, that's all from us this week, and we hope you have a great one. Bye for now.